With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers. Fun show today, Keith. We're going to do oh, yeah. a seven-round mock draft early look at uh, at the mock draft stuff. But we'll talk a lot about draft strategy, where the Seahawks currently are in the playoff hunt, what picks they've got uh, via Denver that will impact the way that we look at the offseason, all of it in this show. So uh, let's have some fun. Welcome. Yeah, in. this will be a great show. Um, what's weird is, is we're talking playoffs. We're looking at the Seahawks as – you know, they're now tied for first place in the division um, and they've got some work to do to hold on to that spot. But but a a wild card berth at worst is, um, you know, seems like very extremely likely. And yet we're also looking at a top five draft pick because of uh, Denver being terrible. So it's it's an interesting um, it's an interesting look at the at this draft and and. You know, it's not very often that a, that a team that's going to be in the playoff has also has a top five pick. And and a top 40 pick coming from that same team as well. Yeah. Adding to our ammunition that we've already got, uh, Seahawks are currently drafting 21st overall in the, in the draft. But Denver is at five, then they're at 35, um, and, and then the Seahawks follow up with 51. Mm-hmm. And so there's four picks in the top 50, and you add that uh, – that fifth pick in the top 100 at, at 86, it's going to be a fun three rounds in this draft. And, if, you know, depending on the way that, that it shakes out, obviously, 
uh, John Schneider likes to accumulate uh, draft capital as well. Um, and depending on, on what happens in the off season, we could, we could end up trading back or acquiring, a, a, you know, another pick, um, in the off season. So fun stuff. All right. So the way that we do this is that we both have already drafted, uh, using the mock draft simulator and we came in independently, um, until just, uh, just now I haven't seen, um, Keith's picks, nor he has seen mine. We did talk about our first pick overall, though, because um, I think we were just excited to talk about it early on. But uh, otherwise, we don't really kind of know what each other's strategy was, what happened uh, during the mock, uh, but it should be a fun show. So let's talk about it. Yeah, so let's go ahead and jump in. Um, Strategy-wise, with the first five picks, like you've got five picks in the top 85. Uh, You're any player you're picking in that range you're looking for a starter at the at the top of the draft you're looking for a star um and then you know later in that you're still looking for a starter someone that's super dependable someone that's you know going to be a, a a franchise piece for a while and to get five of those in one draft is kind of un, unheard of um but then again we're coming off a draft and where the Seahawks got six starters so uh, it made for it makes for an interesting um, interesting draft in in all of this, uh, but I looked at the the Seahawks team and I looked at the way the draft fell, and in a top five pick you've either got to go quarterback, or you've got to go uh, if you're Seattle you've got to go a complete game wrecker on the defensive line. Yeah, well let me let me stop you there and let me ask you this about strategy wise, like uh, where are the strengths? at the top of the draft, Keith, in your, in your opinion, and, and do they match up with Seattle's needs? There's a lot of wide receivers at the top of the draft, which Seattle could use one, but doesn't need to go that route. They're not, they're not weapon deprived the way some teams are. Um, You know, there's also defensive linemen and quarterbacks. I mean, that's kind of the um, typical, the top, oh, and corner Um, corner is another, another strength in this draft. So, um, and again, with corner, Seattle got two starters uh, in the draft last year. They're pretty set at this in uh, at corner at tr- far, as far as their top three. Could they use more? Of course, you can always use more cornerbacks that can play. But um, it's not a it's not an area of like need where you're looking like, oh, we've got to get, you know, that like superstar there because they've got one. They've got Tariq Bowen. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, the strength, obviously, and and we've talked about it and, and the entire industry have talked about it as far as the, the quarterbacks in this draft. Now, uh, the expectation levels were set pretty high heading into the college season since then has moderated a little bit. Um, you just haven't seen like a huge explosion in one particular player, although C.J. Stroud has pretty much entered the season as the number one uh quarterback overall and i think in this draft he ends up being the number one quarterback overall although there's two or three right at the top that you could choose from uh depending on how the draft uh falls on the defensive side you've got some defensive linemen you talked about uh, some game wreckers will anderson sitting up there at defensive end who's making a tremendous impact had even a larger impact last year get pacing a lot of double teams this year uh, jalen carter is, is another name uh, that I think Seahawks fans should familiarize themselves, especially if Denver uh, retains that top five pick. He could definitely be in play as a defensive tackle that can penetrate um, the pocket and disrupt 
um, timing and get some sacks from the interior. Miles Murphy, the other defensive end from Clemson. Uh, Breesey, another defensive lineman that uh, that has some injury concerns, uh, but is a, a pocket penetrator as well. So a lot of talent at the top. Um, and then it kind of levels out after that. I think after pick, say, 10 to 15, picks 15 through 35 or 40 seem to have similar value to me. But let's get into it, Keith. Uh, why don't you open this thing up? Let me know what your first pick is. We already know. Uh, together what it is but i'll let you talk about it first so uh like i said we had that choice was it quarterback was it going to be you know defensive lineman and i looked at this team and i thought that a the defensive lineman is going to make a um a huge impact and i like the idea that they've got um gino right now and i thought that the way this draft was unfolding there are some guys that were thought to be you know top five quarterbacks that are going to fall a little bit that maybe they could get one of them later. And um, so I went with Jalen Carter, um, def- our defensive tackle out of um, Georgia. Guy's just unblockable at times coming up the middle. He's, um, you know, the closest thing that Seattle's had to um, Cortez Kennedy since Cortez Kennedy. And uh, anytime you can get a guy that can get upfield in the middle and just you know, yeah. hurt quarterbacks, make a move, get them off their spot, play in and play out. You got to go get that because it's just so valuable to your team. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. They offer same-game parlays, easy and fast payouts, and player prop options. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, The bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, place a $5 bet on any team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. This pick is unfathomable to me um, three months ago. Uh, or it was going to be the Seahawks pick. It's the Denver pick we're talking about here at one mm-hmm. five overall. And you'd mentioned Geno Smith. It's like uh, we needed a quarterback heading into this season. Now Geno's proven that he can be the guy. We need to sign him to a deal. But uh, I think the Seahawks are, are definitely heading in that direction. And so it doesn't make quarterback the priority that it was uh, just just a short time ago. It does give the give us some options now. You mentioned quarterbacks available at this tier, but there are some available in, in the second tier as well as, as later on in the draft that still have pretty decent value. Um, and so I did the same thing. You mentioned game wrecker. This is it. This is my guy that I've been looking at for like two years in drafts for the Seahawks and just haven't been able to find it. Uh, but but here we are sitting at one five overall, and Jalen Carter's the guy. Defensive tackle, 6'3", 310 pounds, runs a 4'9", 40. He's the most athletic, disruptive defensive tackle in college football. And yeah. Seattle, if they could get him, 
this has got to be the pick. And uh, if he's off the board, I mean, things happen. Uh, he's up there at the top. He's got great value. Will Anderson's up there. Uh, you're talking about the quarterback, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, uh, Miles Murphy, uh, the Ringo, the, the, the corner is sitting out there. So, uh, but if it fell this way, Jalen Carter would be an excellent pick for the Seahawks. Who else yeah. would you consider in this spot if Jalen Carter was gone? Well, I mean, maybe if, Will Anderson was gone. They just had a run on defensive players in this, at the top. So if if they have a, def- a run on defensive players at the top, does that mean that C.J. Stroud is available? Let's say C.J. Stroud is available. Does Seattle try to trade out of that pick, or do they take him as the future of the franchise? Here's the thing. If he's available, that means that other teams have tried to trade down and get him uh, – uh, a massive amount of picks um, because someone was going to come up and get their quarterback and couldn't find a taker. Um, someone that was willing to, to just, you know, trade away few, uh, tons of future draft cal- capital um, like the 49ers did where they gave up three first round picks for Trey Lance. Um, if Stroud is available at five, that means no one's trying to do that right now. Like that, that um, no one's seeing um, that big of a need. And so you may be able to trade out of that pick and get some draft capital, but you may not get what you think you want because of um, yeah, just right the, the situation. I think if you're sitting at five and you don't have somebody offering you, you know, everything um, to come up and get CJ Stroud, you take CJ Stroud and you worry about the, the problem down the road um, wow. because he is a franchise quarterback. He's what he does with his legs, what he does with his arm. He gets the ball downfield, like deep downfield with accuracy. Um, he's everything you want in a quarterback. He's the closest, you know, thing. I don't want to say that any quarterback's a sure thing, but it's hard to see him not being extremely successful at the next level. And, um, yeah, yeah. I know you've got Gino, but he's not under contract. He's going to get it really expensive. So maybe you uh, turn the page and you develop yourself a rookie, or and you know bring Gino back as a bridge for one more year, or see what happens with that because now you don't have to pay him as much. Well, I, you know this the uh, Gino Smith thing is really going to dictate terms on this quite a bit, and um, they're going to have that solved prior to the draft, and so. That'll be the interesting thing is, will they pay Gino and draft a quarterback really high? Um, that could cause some issues, but it's better to bank on a, on a sure thing and allow him to develop behind Gino. Maybe you can figure out a way to structure that contract so you can get out from under Gino within the first two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would make it easier to, to draft a quarterback here. Um, there are figure other out a, players. Figure out a way that make Gino Smith tradable. So if they do get a guy like Stroud, they can go, okay, who who didn't get their corner quarterback that's desperate for a one, like maybe the Jets, and um, you know, uh package Gino at some point and send him over yeah. there to to be their quarterback. So which would yeah. be funny if if he went back to the Jets, um, given how much they just tried to destroy his career at the beginning. Um, I would find that completely <laughs> the, the only ironic. The only other thing, so if there's a run on defensive uh, players um, and Breesy's sitting there, uh, the, the Clemson um, defensive lineman, um, you may end up reaching for a guy like that. You may, you talked about wide receiver. That's where you still have 
high first round value there at wide receiver, a playmaker. The other one is corner. A guy like uh, Keely Ringo um, is projected to go in the top 10 as well. You've got uh, an offensive tackle in Skaronsky, um, which we do not need. And so Seahawks may end up having to reach here if the defensive tackles go. So if we if if Denver ends up picking like seven, eight, nine, this this strategy completely changes and we end up, mm-hmm. you know, I think going best player available um, because of that. But um, Jalen Carter's our pick here. And we can talk about this further uh, down the road when it makes makes more sense. Um, but it is an interesting tra- strategy. I mean, it's going to be as much as that pick is coveted that you want, it really does force you to come to terms with your roster and, and strategy because this pick kind of dictates the way the rest of the draft falls. Yeah. So the Seahawks uh, now currently sit at 21 for their, their uh, native first round pick. Um, what do you have going on there? Because if they get Carter at five, um, now you're sitting 16 picks later, still in the first round. Who do you have them taking? Yeah, I had them, uh, a player, interesting player that I think is probably going to go either top 10 or top 15 overall is cornerback Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State, 6'2", 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll be, he's a little older of a prospect. He'll be 23 by the time the training camp rolls around, just turned 23. But he runs a four four seven, has fluidity, the speed, the quick feet that you like, the, the guy that's able to high point the ball um a playmaker he's a playmaker he's the best corner in, in college football right now i think or one of the top two and he was sitting there at 21 and i went best player available uh i didn't yeah. intend to take a cornerback at this point but it was either him or robinson the running back out of texas which i think is a high value too this guy is a, is supposed to be ranked top 15 top 10 possibly talent wise positional value wise it sucks for him yeah but he's sitting I, there at 21 and you go, I don't know. And you've got people that might pick up the phone and call you on something like that. Also, there's some linebackers there that look enticing, but like linebacker I, at 21 is really hard when you've got other choices later on in the draft. And I yeah, want to get positional don't value take, here. Man, uh, running back at 21 is not positional value when you've got Ken Walker. Do you, need a, do, you, do you need a backup running back? Do you need a second? One yes, because you've seen and what there's happens. There's some good ones available. Um, and but on. you don't go, you don't go first round pick when you've already right. got your star sitting there. Um, so in that same spot, I kind of had the same situation where I had a player that I think of as a top twelve pick sitting there at twenty one, um, and I was like done, click, and there there wasn't a lot of second thought about it, and it was wide receiver Quentin Johnson, um, out of TCU. He's yeah. six four, um, runs a four four. He's basically, um, you know, DK Metcalf again. Um, and how can you not have, you know, if you have a chance for two of the two of those guys, one of them's dominant enough. Now you get a now you get a second one. Um, and he, I mean, he's a a true X receiver, a guy that can do anything. Uh, surprisingly good route runner for someone who's six four, and yeah. um. Honestly, he's probably the second best wide receiver available behind Addison um, at a USC. And so I just saw that. Is it a need? No, but it's a he's the best player sitting there. You got to go for it. If, if a player that good falls you at 21. 
Yeah, it's it, this is an interesting spot because there's an opportunity here possibly for the Seahawks to double up on a position. Um, if they go defensive lineman in the in at one five, there are a couple defensive linemen here that could be available in like Nolan Smith, the defensive end out of Georgia. You've got Tyree Wilson, uh, the defensive lineman out of Texas Tech, um, and so. It'll be interesting to see if they would do something like that. There's some corners in this range. Um, other mm-hmm. than Joey Porter, I expect Joey Porter to be completely honest, off the board by this pick. And yeah, so the cor- from- corners in that range, would, we're talking like um, Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon or mm-hmm. Clark Phillips the third out of Utah. Um, yeah. Those are guys that are going to go in you know, the mid to late first round. And A guy that, that I would look at too, if you, if you get like a Jalen Carter, a name that I would think that that would interest the Seahawks in this range would be uh, Olari, the uh, BJ Olari, the defensive uh, and edge player out of LSU, um, just for some you know some speed, um, some some quality play there at mm-hmm. that position uh, of need still on this team. Um, even though you've got a game wrecker in the middle, it doesn't mean we can't add to the outside as well. So, okay. All right, so, on round two. Um, you don't have to so, wait long. Yeah, so we get down to down to thirty five. So you you go at um, twenty one, and then now you, at thirty five, the third pick of of round two. Thank you, Denver, for being awful. Um, I would need here, and um, I know you, the direction that you went uh, because we've talked about it a little bit off air. But um, I went need, and I like the value at this spot. But I went with Noah Sewell, the linebacker out of Oregon. Yeah. Is, um freaky athlete very i mean just good good in coverage good in 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 run stopping just kind of everything well as a middle linebacker and with seattle switching to this three four you really need someone besides jordan beside jordan brooks and that's what no stool is to me is he's going to be that guy in the mm-hmm. middle um mm-hmm. that's gonna really clean things up make things better especially when you you've added um the game wrecker up in front of him that that's going to keep him and yeah um and brooks cleaner those guys are going to feast and so to me it was it was a um it was a really easy pick to go and get uh someone to replace cody barton and and upgrade that defense i think with with this pick the 235 as it sits right now denver's pick in the second round um and then seahawks pick at 51 so there's only a 16 uh pick gap in between and so that's pretty nice for the seahawks pretty nice problem to have there and so they can get two players that they have on their board uh in this range and feel pretty good about it um i did go a different direction this is where i evaluated a quarterback and and picked a quarterback now there are certain mock drafts that i do where sewell is my pick as well because i think that's a tremendous pick in this range uh, that really solves a problem that Seattle mm-hmm. has. And so you're addressing not only a great player, good fit, uh, and, and good value in, in him. But I went with An- Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida, with this pick, 6'4", 232 pounds, really athletic, ran a 4'4", can throw the ball 75 yards, physical tools are off the chart. Um, and th- as far as physical tools compares to like Will Levis, that you would have to, you know, pick much higher. The thing about Anthony Richardson is he's going to need some time. He's not mm-hmm. NFL ready as we speak today. He's, he's just not. not. He's he's a, a little erratic. His completion percentage is below 60%. Uh, 
uh, but he's got the tools. And so if you do have uh, Geno Smith back on the team, back on the roster uh, for a couple of years at least, um, this could be a player that they could pick and stash uh, to develop over time and have their quarterback of the future on the roster. And anytime you're picking this high and you've got opportunities to build out the rest of your roster, but you can go find a guy that you really like, not saying that John Schneider does, but Anthony Richardson's got to be on their radar as far as a guy that could be available early in the second round, possibly late first, that they could um, they could acquire and get on the roster. There, there's going to be a lot of um, Josh Allen comps to Anthony uh, Richardson just because of his size, his ability to run, his toughness, um, and his inability to complete passes uh, regularly at the college <laughs> level. Um, now, Josh Allen fixed you know, a lot of the stuff that he was, you know, struggling with uh, and became a really good pro, it's also not the norm. And so I look at Richardson as, man, he could be great or he mm -hmm. could just be a huge bust. Um, and I, I'm, I'm scared of wasting a pick on a huge bust. So uh, I went a completely different way in terms of uh, thinking yep. about quarterback of the future. But man, as far as physical tools go, you're not going to find one better. Yeah, I'm uh, knowing your draft ahead. Ahead, I'm uh, kind of in the same boat. I'm, I'm right there teetering. Um, his his skill set is enticing, but uh, the Seahawks could go a, a different way here. We've talked about it uh, quite a bit on the show as far as needing uh, to continue to develop the, the defense. So your pick makes a lot of sense here. All right, yeah. let's go on to two fifty four. Um, I really liked. Uh, the guy that ended up landing in my spot here. Um, it was a no-brainer to me that he was on the board. Um, and I went with uh, defensive tackle Mozzie Smith here from Michigan at 54. This is where value for his skill set starts to make sense in the draft. He's a run stuffer, plain and simple, 6'3", 337 pounds, just a massive, naturally well-leveraged frame with raw power. I mean, he can soak up double teams. This allows the Seahawks, this player allows the Seahawks to kind of get more into their three, four sets um, mm -hmm. and be able to swallow some double teams and, and the, true nose the, tackle. the, the two, two gap guy. Yeah. He's a true nose tackle. Um, yeah. I like, um, I like that pick. That's a, that's someone who wasn't available when I did mine and wasn't available by like 10 picks it's like he went well before um so i but that that's a really nice pick there uh especially i mean that's a, one of those where you you get a you get a guy that compliments your other draft picks and um can really get in and you can make a big impact as far as uh, overall getting everyone together you know and putting a roster together so i like that pick um yeah yeah and so i've you know Three out of the four picks so far have been on my defense. This is kind of what, you know, I, I I had in mind heading into the draft as I kind of wanted to look at defensive players, all things being equal. Um, I know that I can complimentary add on the offensive side, but defense, mm -hmm. especially in the trenches, is kind of where I wanted to invest my um, draft capital in this mock. Yeah, and I kind of did the same thing. Um, there's a lot of which is weird because Seattle's defense has turned it around and been pretty good, but I just yes. think that there's, um, 
but there's but they're a couple of players away from being elite. There's a and there's a, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of older players on the defensive line, guys like Quentin Jefferson and and Al Shelby Woods. Harris, uh, Al Woods especially, yeah. Um, that it, you wouldn't mind um, getting younger, getting cheaper, hungrier, um, that kind of stuff. So I like that. I kind of went in a in a similar direction. I went with Zach Harrison um, out of Ohio State. Uh, people list him as an edge, even though he's 278 pounds. Um, I think of him more as in a 3-4. I, I think of him more as Quentin Jefferson, right? A guy that is going to be about 280 pounds. Um, so a little undersized defensive tackle, but you put him at defensive end and he's a little oversized, but he's got all the freaky athleticism and his ability to penetrate, get into gaps, um, get pressure on the quarterback and, um, you know, make tackles in the backfield in the running game and just be super disruptive uh, that as a, as a skill set that would be great to have. So he's basically you're you're getting a younger, probably more athletic Quentin Jefferson in terms of. um his skill set. I mean, he ran a four point five at two hundred and seventy yeah. pounds. Uh, so, is this is a guy that that's got speed and that kind of stuff, uh, but he can get around the edge, he can bull rush, and he can just dart into uh, gaps and make plays. And I just think that you can't have a enough super athletic defensive lineman who can get after a quarterback. So, um, I so a lot of love sense. this pick. Like, this is my favorite, I think my favorite pick, other than the Jalen Carter, obviously, but this guy comes with a different skill set than Jalen Carter. Uh, mm -hmm. But he can be used, he can drop down, in, you know, in the middle on certain plays and so forth. But this guy's athletic enough to play on the edge, set the edge, um, you know, rotate in with um, Shelby Harris, you know, at this point as well. Um, but that four, he, I've got him down as a four four one forty at, 272 pounds 66 keith check this out dude has an 87 inch wingspan i like, know i was that's absurd that. like, those are, yeah what I, i'm looking at all of all of the stuff and i'm like how is he sitting down here at this spot mm -hmm. this is a guy that you look at all these measurable and some of his production and everything and you're like this is a guy that people would think of as a top 10 pick so why why is he not viewed that way and i could not find i mean is there like stuff in his past or whatever i could not find like an injury history that was bad or anything else that made me think the why this guy isn't um the one thing is higher the, the rub that he's got is in between the ears is that uh he's he's has questionable dedication to football and those sorts of things in the background um where he doesn't completely play to his perceived skill set so he's, you know, Bruce Feldman's freak list, all that kind of stuff. But his production is is a little under where you'd think he'd, he'd be. And then, um, you know, he plays a little bit upright. You know, he needs to kind of play more to his leverage and strength, build some core, all that kind of stuff, blah, 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 blah. Nonetheless, he's got the Every skill set does. and the frame and the, right. And he's an Ohio State guy, you know, so he's got good coaching. Um, he comes in and ready to contribute, and then you kind of build him, mold him, let our defensive staff get a hold of him, and you end up with a great player. So I love it. I love that pick. All right. I think we did something similar on this next pick, Keith. Go ahead. Um, so after Harrison, you had got it down at um at uh 86. So now we're into uh we're at Seattle's third round pick. Uh probably the last 
that you're looking at if you're if you're drafting here um, to be a, a starter. And I went with um, uh, John Michael Schmidt, the interior lineman out of Minnesota. Um, Seattle's weakness on offense is the interior of the, uh, of the offensive line. They're um, they're just the tackles have been upgraded so much that now you look at the interior and you're like, okay, let's fix that too. And I, I just see that at uh, that Schmidt coming in um, out of Minnesota is an instant starter. You just toss him in there and um, improve. And yes. anytime you can do that, you just, especially in an area of weakness, um, it's one of those things that you kind of do. He's also a riser in the draft right now. Like usually interior um, offensive linemen are people that, you know, guys don't really think about They They tend to be lower, but the good ones tend to creep up. Um, in the draft process, there's a lot of mock drafts putting him right around the end of the first round or early round two, and so um, getting him at this level down round three just felt like incredible value. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, I, I did the exact same thing. Um, here's a six four, three hundred and twenty pound guy. Uh, the only thing that, that made me hesitate a little bit on him was his short arms at 32 and 3 eighths, and he's going to be 24 years old when he lands into training camp. But he's got 864 career passing snaps in college, only allowed 10 quarterback hits, uh, excuse me, 10 quarterback hurries, three quarterback hits, and zero sacks over 31 games. Um, yeah. So this guy's a, he's a mauler in the run game. He can get to the second level. He's athletic enough to do that, and he's um, he's got he's great in pass coverage um, or, or pass blocking, and so it's a it's a natural pick uh, right here, uh, value and need. Um, John Michael Schmitz. All right. Uh, well, I almost I wanted to mention a player that I almost wanted to take. I mean, they were both available, um, and I really want this safety on C the Seahawks team, and that's uh, J L Skinner. Uh, the, the safety out of Boise State. Um, he's just a thumper, enforcer, uh, big uh, safety, great coverage skills, um, kind of a, a little bit of a ball hawk, but really good in run uh, fits. And um, that's another player I think um, looks sea hockey to me. Um, and I wouldn't mind going in that direction as well. But I'd kind of leaned uh, defense early. Now it was time to fill out the, the the rest of the roster. Yeah, you're gonna hate this in my draft. He went to San Francisco. Um, <laughs> yeah. So all right, all right. Okay, so no. after the, the after the interior offensive lineman uh, at four one, what are we four one twenty two one twenty three? Yeah. Which projection? I was gonna say. Well, I was gonna, let's let's look at let's look back at the top five because the top five we're we're looking at starters, right? This, these are the guys that. Our Seattle is, is poised to um, really upgrade their roster with those five picks. So we both went um, two on the defensive line um, and an, and an offensive lineman, right? Um, obviously, you and I are both valuing uh, in the trenches again this year. And like last year, it was the two offensive tackles. It's now, now it's going to be the defensive line and an interior. Uh, I went wide receiver, linebacker. Um, you went quarterback, and I'm trying to remember the other pick pl player that you had. Um, uh, corner. Corner, so I went, right. Yeah, Joey Porter. Yep. 
That's right. Because um, where I went wide receiver just because Quentin Johnson was there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so it it kind of gives uh, uh, the listeners an idea of, of what you and I are valuing right now for this team is a lot of defense and a lot of linemen um, get better in the trenches when they're um, and I mean, they've already got some good players out on the outside. They've got good players elsewhere, but they need to yeah. do better at winning in the trenches on, uh, on every down. So, um, I agree. yeah, so that, that's kind of our strategy after that. Now you're looking at guys, that are rotational and maybe develop into starters eventually, but you're not looking at them at starters right away. Um, and so at um, 123, I went with uh, a safety, uh, Jamie Robinson, um, a guy that is um, super athletic, fast, um, hits uh, hits hard, but is not is not reckless in, in terms of his. Uh, you know, diving into plays the way Jamal Adams sometimes can be and, and gets himself hurt. Uh, really, he had the speed to be the guy that plays deep, um, got kind of instincts to be the guy that plays in the box. Very, um, very Diggs-like, Quentin Diggs-like. So it's a a guy that that would fit well into Seattle's rotation, being able to come up, come, come back. He's just a little raw in terms of his coverage skills. And so... Uh, that's why I think he drops, and that's why he dropped in this draft, I believe, and why you don't want him starting right away. I think you can uh, ease him in and, and let him practice and learn and play and contribute on special teams and you know be that third safety in a rotation. And uh, I just thought it was a good fit at um, in the fourth round, the 123rd pick. Yeah, that's this is a good fit, uh, obviously. Um... I think that that safety is a, an area that the Seahawks um, would likely want to target in this draft, especially in this range. Um, there are a few other position groups as well, wide receiver, um, maybe take a look at a, at an edge um, that isn't quite ready for prime time yet, but has the skill set. Um, safety is definitely at Tyreek. Uh, Tyke Smith is still on the board at this area in my draft. Um, DeMarvin. Uh, Overshone, the um, linebacker out of Texas, I think is is undervalued and would be a great uh, fit here. I went with uh, a backup running back because um, I think this is the range where uh, there are a few in this draft and Seattle, I think, does have a need. I, I don't know that they're completely uh, enamored with DJ Dallas. Now, DJ Dallas has done a pretty decent job with returns and so forth, but he's been lacking uh, running the ball, doesn't have many opportunities. In fact, on the season, I think they've only had 15 carries, 15 touches. Um, and so they went with uh, Zach Charbonnet out of uh, UCLA. Uh, That's a good six, six one, 220 pounds, runs a four four one forty. It's everything that the Seahawks love to have in their running back as far as size. Yards per carry is 5.9 as a junior, but as a senior uh, with 270 carries so far. Uh, he's got a 7.5 yards per carry average, 13 touchdowns, great rusher, combination of size, strength, and, and uh, speed, uh, especially that uh, breakaway speed once he gets out in space. Um, I just think this is a great tandem to have, uh, a, a really decent running back that could come in and start for you if he needed to. It's a nice compliment to uh, Walker. And since we've got the extra picks in this draft, 
um, it, it affords us the opportunity to solidify that position. Oh, yeah. Um, and especially at this range, like you were talking about um, the guy out of Texas in round one, and I'm like, yeah. no, you don't, you don't, you're no. not desperate for a starter, and, and, and there's no positional value at that point. But at this point in the draft, to get a guy like Charbonnet, um, I love that pick. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay, after that, this is, um, I've been waiting to talk about this pick for a while. Um, at 140, um, I have uh, the Seahawks taking a, a local guy, Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that uh, just is been incredibly productive, getting the ball downfield, getting, you know, high percentage, um, you know, in terms of getting his uh, completion percentage, getting the ball downfield. Um, been just what what i don't know like what hasn't he done this year right. um uh with with washington i mean the the game he had against oregon was just incredible and that was against you know a pretty good team and a guy and a team with a corner that's going to go you know 100 picks ahead of him uh and he just ate them alive and it was it it's just great i mean 67 percent completion percentage um you know, 25 touchdowns, six interceptions. Like, the guy's just been good. He's taken. Yeah, he's really was, developed this year. Really. Yeah, taking a team that was genuinely awful uh, a year ago and and turned them into a, an elite offense. Probably the, I think they're the best passing offense statistically in the country. Uh, and that says a lot about their quarterback. And I think if you can get a guy like that at this point, he comes in. Does he, does, does he have the biggest arm in terms of like ball speed? No. But he's got great touch down the field, um, good accuracy at all three levels. I, to me, this is a, this is a fun pick. You bring him in, you see if he develops. Um, very similar to what um, Washington once did with Kirk Cousins, and got a lot out of that player, and then eventually traded him. Or, well, I guess they they lost him in free agency, but uh, should have traded him and uh, gotten a bunch of assets out of him. Um, and if Geno Smith goes back to being what he was in the past or gets hurt, you've got a guy that you think can come in and, and carry the team. So I, I like um, Penix Jr. I, I like him more than uh, the draft pundits to do at this point. I do think he rises and isn't available at this spot. I agree. I was just going to say that, Keith. I think at this at this point in the draft, this is kind of a no-brainer. You take him. Um, and uh, I would expect this is, this is one of those players um, – in a, in a quarterback class that will be a riser in this and, and probably end up going in, in no later than the top of the, the third round. I really think that he's probably in the uh, 75 range at, at, at the latest, I think, in, mm-hmm. in this draft. Um, another player to consider in a similar range is Jaron Hall out of BYU, but I like Penix a lot better. He's got better size. He's a younger prospect. Um, and... I wanted to talk to you just for a minute about strategy because you went deep into this draft, not knowing if a quarterback would even be available before you selected one. Um, And I wanted to talk to you about your confidence in Geno Smith and the direction the team is likely to go in this draft. Is this a real draft strategy that the Seahawks might deploy here? I think so, because you look at at that that very first pick, you either take Jalen Carter or you take a C.J. Stroud, Will Levis yes. type guy. 
Right. Um, if you if you don't take a quarterback at one five, I don't think you take a quarter. I mean, you have the Richardson fell to them in the second round. I um, yes, and I, I like that value. If you're going to pick pick him, you want him to be second or third round guy because yeah. he's so such a developmental um, prospect. But other than that, if you don't take uh, a quarterback at one five, I think you wait and you look for value with a guy like Penix Jr. Um, later in the draft in round three, around four, and uh, go that route because it, it's you either have Geno Smith locked up for two or three years and you know you can slow play this a little bit, or you don't. And if you don't, you go get CJ Stroud or Bryce Young or one of those guys at the top of the draft. Yeah, I agree. It's the way that the draft falls, too. It's like, you're right. Um, now, you could drop back a little bit um, with 1-5. We didn't do any trades in this no. mock, um, but there is an opportunity. There's a tremendous amount of value. If you do have trade partners available, uh, you could drop, you know, say, five to seven, eight picks, uh, pick up additional uh, picks in the second or third round, and um, and maybe a Will Levis uh, or Bryce Young falls to you, and maybe that would be a, a, a place where you would feel more comfortable drafting a quarterback. But um, I think the scenario you you put out there is is legitimate, and I think the Seahawks may deploy something like that. Um, interesting. All right. I went um, – I still felt like I needed some speed off the edge uh, in my – draft and so i i can't pronounce this so i'm going to do it really slow and see if it comes up right <laughs> i picked the edge out of northwestern adetomiwa adeba ware um the 6'2 280 pound um defensive edge out of northwestern runs a four five uh nine forty bruce feldman's freak list ranked number 30 uh overall 30 reps um at 225 um 4.05 uh shuttle uh 6.93 cone um 37 and a half inch vertical wait um, six six point nine three three cone at 280 pounds yeah that is wide receiver level yeah he's, he's got some agility. serious agility the, the, that is like that in is his crazy. in all of the the you know his things agile is is the word that keeps coming up over and over again very agile uh but but strong um looks the part long athletic build um he's got the bursts um he, he you know he's he's a he's a burner i mean he's going to be an edge, edge burner that's faster than dk Metcalf's um three cone and he's doing it 280 pounds yeah, the the rub on him is six two. You, you kind of want a guy like that to be six four or so, but he does have an eighty one inch wingspan. Yeah, tell um, that so to Aaron does, Donald, who's six one. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the best defensive you know, tackle in a generation is six one. That's the reason why he wasn't the first overall pick. He was the fifteenth. Um, was everyone was oh he's you know he's only six one. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, this guy is going to be another riser, I think. You know, at five one fifty nine or whatever, wherever this pick five one fifty seven, um, it's. I think he's going to be a guy that goes earlier. Uh, but at this point in the draft, I was adding uh, potential, and he had it written all over him. Oh yeah. All right, so let's um, get through these last couple picks. We're um, running a little long already, and and 
um, I think at this point in the draft, we're, we're down looking at um, guys that most people have never heard of. Uh, so <clears throat> with my next pick, I went um, with, so we're talking at, yeah, that 157. Uh, I went with Riley Moss, uh, cornerback out of Iowa. This is a guy who is um, a- another one of Bruce Feldman's freak list. He's 6'1", 193. Um, arms are what's going to make him drop because he's only 30 and 5 eighths inch arms despite the height. Uh, but he's got speed. He's got super like good feet, good hips. His ability to be super sticky in coverage is um, it's just written all over him. And he's a guy that is going to be good on the boundary, but he's quick enough to move up and, and play in the slot. He's got, um, yeah, he's got long career written on him except for his short arms. So I think that you look at, at a guy like that at this point in the draft and Seattle has shown that they're not afraid to go with shorter armed guys with, um, you know, uh, guys like uh, DJ Reed, who is now having a good, great year with with the Jets, but he played the last two years in Seattle and that kind of stuff. So he's kind of in that in that um, mold uh, and super sticky. And I, I just think that he's going to be a great fit. So I went there. Nice. Yeah, I um, you know don't have any picks after this, and so I kind of wanted to just go with best player available with some upside, maybe some special teams right away. Uh, that could come in and maybe stick on your roster. There's not going to be a lot of roster uh, spots available, especially for guys that are picked this at this level. Um, and maybe this guy could could get on. And I went with a local kid, uh, Rome and Ndunze out of is it Ndunze out of yeah, Washington, so. the six three two hundred one pound um, wide receiver, and uh, he's got forty one catches, four hundred fifteen yards, three touchdowns in two thousand twenty one. But through seven games in 22, he has 57, 56, and six um, agility, uh, control, and route runner. Um, he's just got em- overall excellent size and length, um, and just needs a little bit of time. He's a red shirt, uh, shirt sophomore, so there's no guarantee that he's going to declare for this draft, um, especially given the idea that he would come in this range mm-hmm. uh, in the draft. He may decide to stick around for another year and uh, raise his drop stock up, but you just never know. But if he's out there, this would be a guy that I think that I would get excited about. Yeah, I mean, he's a kind of more of a developmental prospect guy, but he's young. Um, I would be surprised if he comes out, if the um, the people are telling him that this is where he's going to be. He would go back for another year, come out as a um, you know second-round pick, and I mm-hmm. think that would be, would be would better suit him but if he does declare and Seattle gets him, I'd love that. That's that's a good pick. Um, yeah. For my last for my last pick, I went. I kind of doubled up at position. So back in at at, at the fifty first pick overall, I went with Zach Harrison out of Ohio State. This one I went with Keon White, um, defensive lineman out of Georgia Tech. Very similar guy. Um, you know, two hundred and eighty six pounds, uh, but you know, played defensive end, uh, has some of the movement skills to think that he might be a you know linebacker but at 286 pounds you're looking at him more as a 3-4 defensive end a guy that can get upfield um disrupt you know things set the edge do uh Quentin Jefferson Shelby Harris things and if you can get a guy this late that has those um those talents those abilities that I think it's a nice guy to have in the rotation he won't 
I don't think he'll come in and make a massive impact his, you know, right at the beginning, but he's got some uh, potential to, to grow and, and develop, or if there's injury and you need, need him to, um, he can, I think you, I look at like, he's got a spin move, which is really fun to watch. So uh, he's a guy that can really do some things and get after quarterbacks and, and that kind of stuff. It's just a matter for him of, of, um, you know, doing a little bit better with play recognition and not rushing a quarterback when the running back got the ball type of thing. And other than that, looks like a guy that's going to have a long career. So, um, and to get him this late looked like a good plus for me. Awesome. Great way to finish. You know, I think we both did, um, something I think we, we both would like to do and Seahawks would like to do invest in the trenches still come away mm-hmm. with three quality starters out of this draft and a couple of really nice rotation pieces is really what you want to hope for. I know that, you know, it's really difficult to duplicate Seattle's 2021 uh, or 2022 class um, because you, you ended up with six starters or at least six really important pieces four four or five starters for sure. And then in this draft for me, I think I came away with, with the, three immediate starters, two potential long-term starters in Charbonnet and Anthony Richardson. And um, I just feel really good about it because my starters would be Jalen Carter, uh, Joey Porter at corner, and then um, you'd have a rotation piece in Mozzie Smith um, and then um, the the center, Schmitz, Mm -hmm. would be my other starter. And then everyone else, you know, Zach Charbonnet and and Richardson would be there to to develop. and then um, everything else is just kind of a, you know, fits in where they can. Maybe not even make the roster. I don't know. But it, at that point, it didn't matter to me. I got what I needed out of the draft early. Yeah, six out of nine for me are on defense. I think yours was similar, um, which shows you a little bit about what you and I are valuing this year and what the team needs. Um, and where the I, draft falls. Yeah. And so when I looked at this, I, I mean, as far as starters, do you count? Um, Quentin Johnson is starter when you've got Metcalf and, and Lockett on the roster. Um, I think you do because you play with, you've got him, if you've got those three all together, you play a lot of three wide receiver sets and, and scare the heck out of de- defensive coordinators. Um, and so, you know, w- when you look at that, um, I think you got, I've got four starters, Zach Harrison being a, a rotational guy at, um, at the five tech uh, defensive end in this three, four, unless they cut, um, Quentin Jefferson, and then he becomes the starter. So, yeah, there, there's definitely that. There's also there's potential at, at, along here. So I, I think that you're never gonna <clears throat> expecting another 2022 draft in 2023. I think is setting everyone up for disappointment. But if you can get three or four starters out of a draft at a year after you get yes, six into the playoffs <laughs> and, and into the playoffs. Yeah, and um, you're looking at building a roster that's that's elite. That, that's a, that's a, that's a, and that and that's what this draft I believe does for Seattle's defense is it takes a good defense and it makes them an elite defense and a young defense. Yes. Um, makes them better and younger. And I just think that you have that kind of defense with the talent they've got on offense in terms of weapons. The Seahawks become a you know, legit Super Bowl contender. I would say perennial, yeah, perennial playoff team again. Yep. And um, yeah, and you just set the whole thing up for a four-year run is essentially Mm -hmm. what you you do in this draft. 
because uh, you're ready. You've, you've made the playoffs. You've shown that you're going to be a playoff contending team. Now you go out and solidify spots of weakness, um, and this draft sets up for that. Now this is just, you know, what we just did is an exercise in speculation, obviously. But when it comes right down to it, Seattle's going to have an opportunity to have probably four or five. Well, we've got we're going to have five top 100 picks, depending on if we trade out or, or whatever. Um, that's going to impact that roster in a positive way. I mean, it just really is. And um, yeah, fun, fun stuff. All right, we need to get out of here. Um, yeah, next time we get together, we're going to talk about the um, the preview of the matchup. Uh, Seahawks had had their bye. Now they're back uh, playing the Las Vegas Raiders at home. We're going to preview that game and uh, should be fun as well. So until next time, find Keith on Twitter at MyersNFL. You can find me at MWSeahawk. You know where the show's at. Hit that subscribe button and make sure you share it. Take care, guys. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at MyersNFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.